With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First time in Nashville's history, they have been swept in the playoffs due to a nice little flurry towards the end of the game from the Avs. Darcy doesn't play. Frankie steps in, plays uh, pretty well. Um, Avs down 3-2 to two is their first time trailing in the entire series, and so you thought, okay, maybe this will go to a game five. You take this back to Ball Arena, get the win then. But the the successive moments that came after that uh, three to two lead, you know, Taves, um, Taves gets the goal to equalize off of a great play by EJ. Handled the puck. Made a dude miss a perfect feed over to Taves to get it 3-3. The Avs then take a really quick penalty afterwards. You're like, oh, man, is it really going to happen again where you get this thing tied up and then you give one up on the PK? But a huge penalty kill that didn't have any momentum for Nashville whatsoever. Kept the crowd out of it. It kept the momentum out of it. And the Avs actually had possession for a little bit. They for did. For a second, it was like, wait, who's on the power play here? But then... Uh, what a freak Kale McCarr is. Uh, the the amount of plays that he made yesterday, and he's one of those dudes, I think I've said this before, Marty, like I'm out of superlatives for him. I don't know what else I can say he's about Kale McCarr. becoming Jokic. Every night we're just like, well, oh Seriously. my God. Uh, like, Great. We had a guy on this team already that we thought was a Jokic, which was Nathan McKinnon, and I'm telling you, I think McCarr might be better. There's nothing he can't do. He's the defenseman that I almost is like, nah, he's just a forward. He just plays farther back. That's all he does. First of all, the snipe that he had earlier in the game to make that, was that two to nothing or two one at that point? I can't remember. Uh, whatever it was. Second goal of the game, McCarr just with the snipe, and you're like, my goodness gracious. But the last play to give them a 4 3 lead and to pretty much finish Nashville. He gets essentially tackled against the boards, somehow stays on his feet, weaves, <clears throat> weaves in between somebody, and gives a perfect feed over to Val for the 4-3 to three lead. Get the extra attacker on the ice. Thank God, by the way, the Avs have been like, 
not very good. Uh, I know that they had it a couple of times, or or at least one other time this series. I can't remember if they had another one. But especially towards the end of the regular season, the Avs had a really tough time when it came to empty nets and putting it in the empty net. But McKinnon was like, no, enough of this. Let's get a nice little break here before round two. And he throws it three quarters of the ice and uh, finishes the game off. Swept in the first round? It was a lot better when that was a one seed that that happened to a couple years back. Again, that was Stephen A's first foray into hockey as he did that a couple years ago in the ESPN. Found out they were getting the rights to some NHL games. Who was that? Edmonton, right? Because all Stephen A did, his analysis was Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl and them boys. Swept? Connor McDavid. The phenom, the future of the sport, the NHL's leading scorer, Dreisaitl, second in scoring to McDavid this year. Give me the NHL's boys. leading scorer last year. Swept <laughs> in the first round. Uh, but you got the sweep in Nashville. It's not quite the same vibe because everybody thought the Avs were going to win. And you know what is the best part of this sweep is that I loved, I think I watched every single person and it was everybody that I knew tweeting out that Daryl Sutter clip again. And I think I watched each one of their videos that they sent out because it is a phenomenal clip. Like Marty, find this real quick. You guys, obviously, you know what I'm talking about. You have to, but in case you don't, if you're the one person that doesn't, Daryl Sutter, the Flames uh, head coach. This was back, I think a month, month and a half ago, maybe. As the season was winding down, you're fighting for playoff positioning. And he was talking about the Avs. And this is when the Avs were really rolling, like really got things moving. Um, he was talking about how important it is to be an X spot in the playoffs. And if you're a wild card on, uh, I think he either said it, the division or the conference. If you're a wild card, it's going to be really tough for you to move on from there. So here it was about a month to a month and a half ago from uh, Daryl Sutter. And I, and if you are a wild card team, I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days. Well, it wasn't a waste of eight days, Marty. It was a waste of about seven days. It actually happened a lot more quickly. It was like you you went into the lion's den and you think you're going to get mauled and he just took his teeth directly to your throat and you're like, all right, cool, I'm out, fine. I don't need to suffer through this. We don't need to play games. Just get this done and over with. But <clears throat> I would say that I could talk about Makar for th- the full four hours today, but I don't know what to say other than it's um. <laughs> My buddy told me this story once. He uh, met one of the Blue Angels, the guys that go really fast in the planes. And he said he turned into a five-year-old. He's like, do, do you like it when the planes go fast? That's how I would be about Kale McCarr. Just do, do you guys like it when he does the score? The score's cool. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing. And, you know, I've watched all the altitude broadcasts on the playoffs. I haven't watched any of the national ones. And I'm sure if you guys have, and you know what, hit me up on the text line, 303-504-0925. They have to, like, I've seen the clips. Like, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, is in awe of Kale McCarr. But the only nice thing about, you know, not having these games in altitude and the rest of them being on national broadcast, because you know how much I, lo- I love hearing Moshe call a game. 
The only good thing about this is I get to hear now national people gushing over Kale McCarr every night he goes out there. Because you truly have a unicorn in town. When Marty said he's like Jokic, it's the truth. It's just like you know every night there is going to be a play where you go, whoa, from Kale McCarr. You know, and the game started so weird. I swear to Christ, Marty, I have only known when a goal actually happened like four times out of the 20-some goals they scored in this first round. That Burakovsky goal, nobody knew that one happened. I mean, shot, everybody puts their arms up, Mojo's goal, no. Everybody keeps playing. And then you keep playing, and two minutes pass, and you're like, I keep hearing Pete saying, well, in Toronto, they're going to review this, and if we, we'll know it's a goal within like a minute, and then a minute passes, and another one, and then Mo- Mojo and Peter saying, oh, we're getting word it's a good goal, and they're still playing, and I'm like, what's happening here? But what he, if they had scored again? I, would, would there be two goals? I, that's a question I don't have the answer to. Um, but he goes full Benny the Jet Rodriguez when he tears the cover off the ball. He just rips through the net. So that's how the game started. And a whole bunch of stuff happens afterwards where, look, great game. And I like to see games in which the abs are tested. And look, you're able to come down or come back from de- being down a goal late in that game and not just win, but put put a little cushion on it. Incredible performance in this first round from the Avs. And uh, the only thing now is, look, we've seen this before. We've seen the Avs play well in the first round. The second round is where it counts. And if you can get that monkey off your back, we're talking about a, a different type of team with different types of aspirations. And uh, it's going to be a while before they play again. What would you say, Marty? The 16th is tentatively set for that game yeah. one? Mm-hmm. So we got a... Next uh, Monday? Uh, yes, next Monday is when we're scheduled for this. Uh, between one of the teams of St. Louis or Minnesota with that series at 2-2. So a lot to get to this morning. If you guys want in 303-504-0925. Back in three minutes. Again, 303-504-0925. You guys want in. Some breaking news this morning on the NFL front and the Broncos front. As the NFL is trying to dominate the entire schedule. There is no day that they are willing to give up and say, nope, we will not participate here. And that now includes Christmas. So when you're with your family over the Christmas holiday break, Opening up some presents, drinking some eggnog. Well, at 2.30 in the afternoon on Christmas Day, you will see the Broncos taking on the Rams in Los Angeles. But Christmas Day is a Sunday. Is it going to be a full slate of games or no? That is actually a really good question. I do not know that. So, yeah, would it just fall like they wouldn't stop playing games on Sunday just because it's Christmas? Yeah, what, do they move everything to Saturday? I don't know. Uh, Why would they make a big deal of this game if it's going to be one of, I don't know, 15 games? 
Sorry to sorry to do this to you. Yeah, what a jerk. Yeah, I mean, my bad. Why can't we just have something fun for a second? Marty had to come in. Christmas Day? Marty had to come in with the, well, actually, it's on a Sunday already. And there's already Looking games at on my Sunday. data here, it says that uh, December 25th is a Sunday. Last I, Sunday of the year. I guess we'll find out on uh, Thursday when they release the schedule what they're going to do for that day. But you're right. If that's a Sunday, then it's not really a big deal. So it's just another 2.30 game? Okay, got it. Uh, so I got, I got conflicting texts here. One says it's a full slate of games. The other says they're doing three games on Christmas. The rest are moved to Saturday. So I don't know. Who sounds more credible based on that text message? The guy who said the rest are moved on Saturday sounded more in the note. You like me. that? Okay. Yeah. Does he have a good area code? Is it local? It's a 303 guy. Okay. It's a 303 guy. All right. Now, um, that would make sense because at that point, college football is done, so you have the entire weekend, and it would actually be really smart of them to do that. Like, if you moved all the games to a Saturday, because there's no college football Saturday games other than, what, random bowl games that'll be happening that day, uh, you get to dominate all of Saturday, and then when Sunday happens, and a lot of people are with their families and probably not uber-focused on their television screens, you got three games. 11, 2.30 in primetime. So that seems to make sense. According to CBSSports.com, the second texture is correct. Moving all the games to Saturday. Well, see what you did now, Marty? See what you did? You had me all like, oh, well, Marty just burst the bubble for no reason. Well, shut up. How about that? I'll go back to my usual duties. So the Broncos will be playing one of those three games on Sunday, one of those uh, prime Christmas Day scheduled games, 2.30, against the Rams in L.A. Um, and you know what? This is kind of what I expected. Is it? Does that technically count as a primetime game despite it being at 2.30? That counts, right? One of three games in the day? Yeah. What did I put the over-under at? I was really I low on that. you said two and a half. Two and a half. I was really low yeah, on that really yesterday. Low. Uh, the Broncos might get four to five primetime games this year. If you include this one, they're going to have a Monday night game mixed in somewhere. I'm assuming Sunday night. If nothing else, one will get flexed to a Sunday. A Thursday game, probably. See, there's a whole bunch. The Broncos are going to have a good dominant schedule of primetime games. Mixed in with what? A 9 o'clock start for their London game on October 30th? Whatever that game is, really early in the morning. So they will be on your television during uh, the prime hours Quite a bit this year. And then Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. You think that will will draw attention? You think that'll be flexed you know, to a Sunday night game? I mean, Seattle's going to stink, though. That's the thing. I, I, I'm i not sure. And it's only because if Seattle got something good in return, maybe they would think about it. But if it's Geno Smith or if it's Drew Locke, I don't think the attention's going to be there at all. You know, this isn't quite the same because Russell Wilson is much better than these two quarterbacks, but you kind of had one of those last year, um, you know, right after the stafford golf swap, the Lions and Rams played each other, and that wasn't a primetime game. And really, the, the interesting part about that game, the only talking point was Stafford is going back to play the Lions, and Goff got lost in all of it despite taking that team to a Super Bowl. It's like nobody cared, but it's like Stafford, 12 years with one team, can it be different this year in L.A.? Find out next. 
And Jared Goff's like, hi, I played for that other team for a while too. Took him to a Super Bowl. Do you remember? And everybody's like, who cares? You suck. Shut up. Maybe they just throw it on Thursday night. Be like, yeah, it's still prime time, but you know. Yeah, maybe. Just got to do a Thursday thing. But they'll have a lot of games. And what I said yesterday about the AFC West is the AFC West is going to dominate this primetime schedule. I don't know if there will be a single week that the AFC West isn't featured in one way or another in a Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night game. I mean, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, all of those teams, they're over under in Vegas, is all set above the 500 mark. And it's going to be a battle. So I think they're all going to be featured at some point um, in those primetime slots each day. Now, one other thing that I was reading yesterday with the Broncos' potential sales. So they have, you know, Woody Page had that article that it's come down to either the Magic Johnson group with that co-owner of the 76ers, Josh Harris, or it'll be uh, Walton. And with this news coming yesterday, and we don't know if that's true. It seems to be like more people are in the mix, but that was the report from Woody Page. But with more people in the mix, the newest total that I saw was the Broncos are expected to sell. Remember, that number was $4 billion. It's now above five is what their guess is going to be. So a lot of competition driving the market up. And again, this only leads me to conclude that Walton is going to be the guy that owns his team. I mean, it really just makes too much sense. He's got a house out in Aspen. He's obviously got ties to Kroenke, and Kroenke owns a couple of teams here. Well, more than a couple. few teams here in town. Their family could essentially own the entire sports market outside of the Rockies. And he's a Walton. He's got incredible amounts of money just on hand. Now, five bill is like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I'll go in the couch cushion. We'll Small find dent. three bill, and then I, I'll make a phone call for the extra two. Like, he's got the money to do it. And I think a lot of guys, they're all worried about, can I have the upfront money? And Walton's like, you don't have to worry about that with me. I have I'll reach into my pocket and write a check, and we'll be good. Trust me. But I thought all along this sale would go for over that $4 billion number just because if you have the rarity of NFL teams coming up for sale is pretty incredible, and especially a, a prime NFL franchise. Now, when the Panthers were up for sale, that's one thing. Carolina isn't really like, when you think NFL, do you think Panthers? Nah. You think Broncos, like they might not be Dallas Cowboys or Pittsburgh Steelers, but they're up right near that tier. And when a team like this goes up for sale, you know the money's going to get pushed very, very high um, and probably more than expected. Yeah, but even if any team, like the uh, Chargers go up for sale, you don't think they're getting north of $4 billion? Well, the Chargers would be interesting because they're in L.A. now, so I don't... No, like Jacksonville. I don't know. Just a... Jacksonville. Whatever okay. team. Jacksonville would not get $5 bill. No. They would not. They would sell for a lot of money. I would say like three. Probably three. But they aren't getting five. 
it is the bump that you get for, I mean, first of all, you have to take into account everything when it comes down to sales like this. Do you know how expensive just real estate is here in Denver? That matters because you're owning the stadium, you're owning the land, you're owning the practice facility, like all these different things. It's like you own all of that. Like, I'm sure if you guys own a house right now, your house is worth incredibly more money than it was just a couple of years ago. Why? It's not that your house is worth more. The land that it's on is worth more. And just go look up how much a three-bedroom house in Jacksonville costs as opposed to in Denver. And then you'll see why those billions continue to rise up over and over. Are you looking that up right now, Marty? We want to go in the city, on the uh, outskirts. Yeah, give me, give me like middle of Jacksonville. What's a three-bedroom house costing you? Okay, one minute here. Jacksonville, remember, it's on a beach. It's not Miami type of beach, but it is on a beach, so you get a little bit of water, waterfront. Nice weather. So Jacksonville, oh, Florida, nice. a three-bedroom house. Ooh, and it's a nice house. What are we looking at, Marty? Okay. What's the damage? Da, da, da. Four fifteen. Four hundred. Yeah, you're like pretty close to the water here. This is this is prime real estate. I guarantee you. You look up a house of. You said that one's nice. Yeah. You find me a house of the similar niceness in the middle of Denver. I bet you that thing's seven eight hundred thousand. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, 335 for a pretty nice house, three-bedroom, 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no chance you're going to find that here. But uh, that's what's driving the price up, and that's why I think that Walton's going to be. open floor plan here. All right, enough. You sound like my wife. You know, if you feng shui the front room, it'll uh, really open it up a little bit. How do you feng shui the front room? I what's the front room, by the way, Mark? I don't know. Whenever I that? say that, people laugh, so I don't really know what it means, though. I heard it on Family Guy a long time ago. Look, I, I don't care so much about the feng shui. I want you to explain what the front room is in the house. Welcome to my front room. What is the front room? <laughs> you don't know what a front room is? No. It's the front room. The room when you walk in the house. That's the front like room. Like the mud room? No. The, like the front room. Like when you walk in your house, what room do you walk into? The, the entryway? I... The entryway. No, what? there's a room that you walk into from the front door. What's that? A nook? It's the front room. I'll take your word for it. I might be wrong on this, but I've never heard that before in my life. The front room. You've never heard of the front I've room? I've never heard of it. I swear to God. Never now, there is no it. back room, but there is a front room. I was going to say, if there's a front room, there should be a back room. No, there's no back room. Mm. Uh, 303-504-0925. Uh, continue. Walk into our front room when we come back. All right, at some point this morning, Charles Barkley will join the program. Marty, uh, would you like to make a correction to uh, an article that you found con- surrounding yeah. the front room? Uh, the front room is apparently a uh, Chicago term, and I'd like to apologize yes. to everybody for wasting their time. Thank you. You and your paper, rock, scissors, or whatever the hell it was that's called. Just a, that's just a Martin term. That has nothing to that do where I'm you're, from. You're, what kind of softball you play? 18-inch uh, softball? or it's 16. You, yeah? 16, yeah. All of these different Chicago things coming out. I don't know. If you just said the living room, I'd have been like, ah, yes, it's a very nice living room. Very, very simple to understand. But front room was throwing me off. 
We've called it the front room my whole life. I didn't know I was different, Brett. And somebody said, tell me you're from Nebraska without telling me you're from Nebraska. The mudroom. I actually don't know what that is. I've just heard of it, and I just thought, well, if we're throwing random terms out there, you let's just do it. You heard it on Property Brothers once, and you wanted to use it in a sentence? Well, I think mudroom is like the room that... If you have one of those that's uh, right off your garage before you actually go into your house right. so that you can take off all your dirty, muddy shoes or something, exactly. you'll leave them in there. Okay, so I got that. That one makes sense. As that does. The front, room. The, f- the front room. It's the front room. The room in the front. It Look, it would make sense, but nobody says it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll, t- I'll take the L on this one because it's a regional thing, and I'm, I'm sorry for bringing it up. Thank you. Uh, paper, another, scissors, rock is the way to go. That's not, uh, You've already been proven wrong on that one, too. I think the term you're looking for is foyer, which I don't know what that is at all. But I'm just going to start. Oh, the mudroom. I'm going to start calling random rooms in my house the foyer just to make it sound more fancy. Will you meet me in the foyer, sweetie? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So back to the Avs. As the Avs sweep Nashville yesterday, great, great game that gave the Avs a test. And I like getting tested without having a loss at the end of it. That makes me very, very happy. Uh, I did not want to play an extra game in this series. I didn't want to risk anybody else getting hurt, and I wanted to give more time for Darcy to get fully healthy. And now you got what seems to be almost a full week before they play again between either St. Louis or Minnesota. And I just saw this come across ESPN Stats and Info. Did you know that this is only the second time in NHL history that you will have... Four games that are all game fives that are tied 2-2. Like, it's going to be a pretty intense night of hockey, although a lot of these have been blowouts. Um, you're going to have an opportunity tonight to see some, some games with a, a lot of things on the line. So tonight, obviously, you have the matchup that you're going to be super interested in, which is who is going to play the Avs in the second round between St. Louis and Minnesota. So that's going to be at 7.30, but also you got Boston, Carolina, that's 2-2, Tampa and Toronto, that's 2-2, and Edmonton and L.A., that's 2-2. So a whole bunch of series with uh, a lot on the line here, a chance to take a 3-2 lead for all these teams. So intense night of hockey, but going back to the Avs. Just kind of recapping the... The way this all went down, the Avs didn't look all that sharp yesterday. A lot of turnovers in their own zone, which they corrected for a good portion of uh, these first, the first three games of this series. But even when they don't, and this is the best part about what the Avs have been able to do repeatedly this season, even when they aren't at their best, when they don't bring their A game, maybe it's... You know, last night, maybe that was a B game. I've seen them win games with their C game before. You're that level good that even when you aren't playing to your best in the playoffs, you can still find a way to get a 5-3 to three win. 
pretty impressive. You know, it was interesting, by the way, my feelings last night, Marty, with Frankie between the pipes, that I didn't have the same confidence that I would if Darcy Kemper was there, but you're still confident enough. You know what I mean? It's you're confident enough that your guy's going to make enough plays to give your offense enough room to win a game. Like, I look at what the offense brings to the table for the Avs, and we said this from the beginning. There are going to have to be a couple of games in which your goaltender steals one for you. That's just how the playoffs go. There's going to have to be a couple of games like that. But for the most part, the majority of the time, if you just play solid, that should be enough. I mean, the Avs throughout this series, the scores have been 7-2, We're talking 21 goals that were scored through four games. You just need to be decent to give this team a chance, and that's what Frankie did. Would I say Frankie was great? No, but he was good enough. That's all you have to be. He was great for a backup. Yes. Anybody would take that in the playoffs right yep. now. You know, much in the same way, say what you want about Nashville getting swept. I don't think they could be mad at Ingram. Ingram, I thought, played pretty damn good, considering he was a third-string goalie going against mm, an offensive powerhouse. You know, it starts with Burakovsky last night as he finally gets one to go through. And actually, when I say go through, go through the entire net. Like, go in and come out the other side like it was some sort of snipe, like a literal sniper bullet. Enter, exit wound. That's what that puck was. So it starts with that. Kale McCarr, then, he has a snipe of his own. And like I said, he's an absolute unicorn. And he follows that up immediately with this um, breakaway opportunity. Off of a great feed by Taves. He just couldn't finish it. And you went back to that moment when you were down three to two. And you said, that could have put you over the top and ended the game. And I'll be honest, it's really tough to sweep a team in the playoffs. And Nashville's never been swept before. So when they took a three to two lead, I was kind of in the back of my head going, all right, so game five at Ball Arena, whatever, no big deal. Hopefully you have Darcy back for that game. But immediately afterwards, Taves has a goal set up beautifully by EJ. That gets you a 3-3 to score. The Avs take a quick penalty. They go on the PK, and they had such a good PK that I don't think the crowd got louder for a moment during that two-minute span. In fact, you handled the puck for a good portion of that PK. So you capitalize on that with McCarr again, taking just... I mean, it looked like he was getting form tackled by Ray Lewis on the boards and somehow squeaks through it to feed Val on the opposite side to give you a 4-3 lead and you move on with a W after an empty netter. That was easy. I was waiting for the sneeze. I knew it was coming. Um, But for you to win that game, the way that you did, down for the first time, late in that third period, and then battle back the way that they did. I think just really, really impressive. And it's something that that was, I think, necessary to know that if you do go down in a couple of these series, 
you have the ability to fight back and win. Not that we didn't know that they had that in them, but the playoffs are a different animal. Doing it there is completely different. A lot of people on the text line are saying, Colorado native, my parents would call the living room the front room now and then. I've lived in Colorado all my life. I've always called it the front room. Well, where were these people like 10 minutes ago? Letting you drown? Yeah. Just needed a life raft out there, and they're just like, huh. Can I get some help, please? Let that boy drown. Yeah, yeah. Marty was out here doing the McConaughey thing, singing some songs. I need some help, please. And nobody wanted to jump in with him. They're all like, this guy's lame. Get out of here. Not that I think about it. It's a living room. You live in it. Somebody else called it a sitting room. No. <laughs> they said, no. it's a sitting room, yo. <laughs> I I know you sit in the room, but you sit in almost every room. It's not a sitting room. It's a living room. You live there. Unless you're me, where the basement would be my living room. I live in the basement. You know what we call the, the living room at my house? The wife's room. That's her room. That's what she does. She you ever have friends growing up where they had this like really nice room that nobody ever went in? It was like a table. It was all set, but nobody ever went in that My room. My parents had one of those rooms, and I was like, what's the what's point, the point of, of this of that? wasted space? There's china that was given to you by your great-great-grandmother that's sitting in some sort of, I don't know. Davenport? Cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they're called. What, is it called a Davenport now? No, I don't know what it's called, but it's <laughs> something better than it's a in cabinet. It's room. <laughs> Some box with doors? I don't know. Those rooms suck. If you got one of those rooms, get rid of it immediately and put, like, a keg in there. I mean, that would help so many more people. I actually would get physically angry when I, like, company's over. Grandma and grandpa are here and your aunts and uncles. We're going to eat in the the dining room. And I'm like, could we just go to the couch? Who are we fooling here? Like, I have to act proper in this house now because company's here? Do you know what I do when I microwave a burrito? I take it to the living room and I watch TV as I spill some hot sauce on the couch. It happens. How did those stains get here? I eat here every day. That's how. 12-year-old you sounds like present-day Mosher, actually. It's present-day Brett, too. It's what exactly what I still do. 12-year-old me and 32-year-old me are the same person. How gross is that habits. couch in the basement? You got a lot of hot sauce on there? No, it's fine. I, I, here's the thing. I usually keep it off the furniture. I very rarely get it on the furniture or the carpet, but it will end up on my clothes. On you, okay. I don't know how to fix this problem. I'm 32 years old, Marty, and I get food on me every time that I eat. I don't get it. Just pay attention. The problem is you're watching TV when you're doing it. Just pay attention to what you're doing. That's right. I don't actually look. Yeah. Like, I will have spaghetti with sauce and i'm staring at the tv bringing it up like missing my mouth it's dripping everywhere if you got a burrito and it's a risky bite you gotta have some some strategy there a little secret about me every bite's risky you don't know what's gonna happen uh 303-504-0925 so again the avs sweep the preds um and we await now the opponent that you face with st louis in Minnesota playing tonight, a 2-2 two to two series. And uh, that series, I think, is set to start on the 16th. Um, so we brought to the news already this morning that the Broncos are going to be playing the Rams on Christmas Day. So they're going to be one of the three games that's being played on Christmas. That's going to be a 2-30 Christmas Day against the Rams. Also, 
I wanted to mention this. It's not totally unshocking. Like, it's it's expected, but Jokic is going to get a Supermax offer here sometime soon. And that offer is going to be a five-year, $254 million deal. He already said that basically if they put that on the table, he's going to sign it. So there's no concern there. But what this would do is make him the uh, largest contract. It would be the largest contract in NBA history. I mean, we're talking over 50 million bucks a year. Or right, yeah, a little bit over $50 million a year. Sounds good. Give him 60 just for, you know, good faith. Well, they don't have to. This is the most that they can offer him. So it's like, here you go. I can't give you a penny more than this. Take it. Um, It's very rare, though, to see somebody get a contract like this where you can say, at least for us, I know there's debate outside of Denver, but for Denver, he's worth every penny and probably more. If Jokic's contract, instead of $50 million a year, Marty, was 60, would you bat an eyelash at it? I don't think there's a number that I would. You could say it's $70 million a year. I'd be like, yep, sounds about right. Maybe I mean, 100, I'd say, all right, let's, you know, yeah, you relax. Start, you start to get 100 mil a year. Like, you get into that Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo territory. You're like, okay, that's that's a little bit rich. But 50, like, it sounds like a steal. What's going to be a steal here in a few years? So Jokic is set to get that contract, and I remember Michael Malone talking about this, and he made a really good point when he had his press conference last week. You don't want to waste Nikola Jokic. He's 27 years old. We aren't even close to that point of having the waste conversation because Jokic is going to be at this level, you know, knock on your wood. Um, Thank you. Very loud, heavy wood. Um, He's going to be at this level for a while still. His game is going to age beautifully. He's not a guy that relies on athleticism or vertical or, you know, all these things that can start to break down different athletes. And when you look around the league, with the exception of what, LeBron? Because LeBron's just genetically a freak. There is no way that LeBron James should still be doing what he's doing at his age with the amount of miles that is on his tires. Jokic's game already looks like he's 38 years old. It really does. And so you're going to get a a few more prime years out of Nikola Jokic. The real test is going to come next season. Next year is very much make or break in, in the sense of, is this the right pieces that are put together? Because I know he's got years left, but you got no time to waste anymore. So let's let's live in a world where Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are healthy, and they get bounced in the second round again. And it's a five or six game series. You got some questions you need to answer now about what is this team moving forward? Because Jokic is going to be the centerpiece no matter what. And Jamal, with the way that he played in the bubble a couple of years ago, I think he's he's very much on, on the level of you're beyond touchable. Like, you're a part of this, too. But you just have questions about the supporting cast. You didn't have a Correct. question about the core, right? Yes. And that's the thing. Well, it, the, the only question is, and you know how much I believe in Michael Porter Jr. and how much I think that he's going to be necessary to this team. And how I think that he's the best third option you can have on this team. 
But he is the only question mark, I think. It's where can his game go? If Porter can be a guy that can continue to shoot 45% for three-point range and put up 20 points a game, that's about as good as a, a big three as you'll, you'll get. But then the questions become like, I would love, with those guys healthy, if you gave me at like the two-guard spot, if you went out and traded for like a, a thigh bowl from Philadelphia, like, or is he still in Philly? Did he get traded at the deadline? Wherever he's at now. But if you give me a thigh bowl, where his only job is, I don't care if you score half a point a game, harass people defensively, and you throw that in the mix with an Aaron Gordon, now you've got two elite defenders along with three pretty damn good scores. That's something you can work with. But that's why I think this season is super, or this offseason is super important. What you need is a lockdown defender that can defend guards. Like yes. Aaron Gordon can do it sometimes, but that's a that's a tall task to ask of him. Bro, look at the game last night between Memphis and Golden State. Memphis is without John Morant, and they had a lead with a couple of minutes left in that game. Ended up losing by three, 101 to 98. But they held Golden State to 101. John Morant was off the floor. They almost stole a game from the Warriors with their star player gone. Why? Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, like you start to go through that list, Dylan Brooks of Memphis Grizzlies players that aren't household names because Memphis is never going to be a team that has that outside of jaw. But that's what you're looking for. Can you get role players like that? And I think you got a couple you can work with right now. I can work with Bones. Bones is fine. I can work with Monte. Monte's good. Hell, you want to bring back Boogie? I can totally ride with that as a backup center. If Boogie gives you those 12 minutes a game, yes, I take that. But there's a couple other spots that you're looking at to say, where can we make this better? You can also ask that question about your starting shooting guard. Is Barton, should he still be here or not? I think these are all legitimate questions heading into the offseason. Question about the greens. Yeah. Faku, I don't think he's back. I think Faku's gone. Um, one of the greens, I think, is going to be gone. Rivers? Austin's fine. I like what he brings. He's fine to me. Like, he's somebody you can throw the, out there in a pinch, and he can play some good defense for you and maybe knock down a three, but hasn't been all that consistent with his three-point shooting. But I take Rivers back, too. Uh, we're talking two to three spots on this team of role-playing guys who know what they're there to do. And I think part of that discussion when it surrounds Barton is when you say role-playing, he has to play to his role, and too often it didn't happen. And his role is what again? Like I said, ideally what my, I would want that role to be for that that two guard in the starting lineup is just a vicious defender. That's okay, what well, I want. That's not him, though. No, it's not. Now, to be fair, Barton's role changed the second the injuries came down. His role went from maybe fourth option offensively to maybe number two is what it was supposed to be. But too often you didn't get that. So 303-504-0925. Um, quickly here, before we get to a break, Marty, this will warm your heart. Russell Wilson and Sierra got a puppy. Do you know what that puppy's name is? Bronco. 
Oh, I thought it was going to be Marty. That would warm my heart. Why? Because my name is Marty, so it would have been cool. But why would they name it Marty? I don't know. Marty's actually kind of a fun name for a dog. Marty, yeah. get, get out of the trash. Marty. 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 I've always wanted to name, you know what, my next dog, I'm going to name it Brett. Just to confuse the hell out of my house. That would be a terrible idea. I think it'd be funny, though. <laughs> never heard of that. Name oh, it. The dog after that's yourself. A cute, that's a cute puppy. What's your name? I'm Brett. What's, how about the, look at this little guy. What's his name? That's Brett. Not even Junior, just that's also Brett? No, it's just also Not Brett. Brett Junior? And the way I'll get away with it, I'll say it's spelled with one T. His is one T, mine's two. That might be the dumbest idea you've ever had in the show. You know what? I like dumb ideas, though. Sometimes dumb ideas, they uh, they work better in reality than the the thought process, thinking it through. But they named their puppy Bronco, and I'm like, part of me says... It's a cute dog. Name it whatever you want. The other part is don't pander to me. Don't Trying a little too hard here. Name it Jokic. Come <laughs> on. Name it Jokic. That would have been better. If they named their dog, their puppy Jokic, I think that's a better sort of way to ingratiate, ingratiate yourself to the fan base than naming it Bronco, isn't it? Bronco is trying a little too hard. Also, Jokic would be good. If, Joker would be fine. If Russ ever gets one of these ideas, if I don't like it here anymore, I want to go somewhere else, I would kindly remind him, you can't change the name of your dog, so you got to stay here. Sorry, buddy. You're here for life now. For as long as that puppy is alive, he is a Denver Bronco. All right, I was going to ask a question. I can't do it. I can't do it because it's going to make too many people upset. Can't. Were you going to ask about the longevity of that dog? It would have to do with that, yes. Mm-hmm. The question I was going to ask. Well, he wants to live, or he wants to play another 10 years, 12 years? The question I was going to ask was, what lasts longer between his playing career or the dog? And I feel like that's important. He should have got like a five-year-old dog or something like that. Three to four-year-old dog. That would have been a better, better option. Wait, why is that? I mean. Well, then for that question you're asking, it would have been a better, like, I don't know. If you want to play another 10, 12 if, years, but if you, I think it's a legitimate question though. He wants to play another 10 to 12 years. I mean, this that's a about puppy. a dog. Come on. What, uh, dogs, they, they die before 10 all the time. What do you mean? Like if it was one of those little teacup Yorkie things that lived to be like 25 years old, then it's a different conversation. Fine. Ask the question then. And that is how we will end the hour. 303-504-0925. Uh, you can watch the show live on Twitch. Twitch.tv. Search out the two that's are in the search bar. Most of them Marty and Kane next.